Hi guys, welcome back. Um, before we jump into everything, we have Sadie on today and we're really excited about it. This episode is a little differently run. Um, we wanted to give her her time and space to tell her story and share it with you guys. Um, Jen, you found her on Instagram, correct? Yeah, so I found Sadie on Instagram. Her name is Sadie Strong. She was in the military and experienced some um, sexual harassment. Um, during her time there and uh, her post got so much support and traction. So I reached out to her and just thought that this would be a great way, a great platform for her to tell the story again. I think the more ears that hear this, the more we can reach towards positive change, especially everything that's going on in the world with Vanessa Gillian. I think that's how you pronounce her name. Um, uh, and just, you know, the horrible story that happened with her. Uh, in the military, I just think this is something that needs to be heard. And again, like Sydney said, like it, it could be very triggering. So just be careful um, if you if you do have any triggers that could affect you. Yeah. So she goes in pretty in depth a lot about what happened to her, what happened with Vanessa. So we just want to make sure that you're supporting yourself as you're listening. Um, if this brings up anything, please make sure that you seek the help that you might need. Um, pause it, go back to it later. Just know that these conversations are not easy and we support you, but we want to make sure that we still have them so we get yeah. their messages out and people hear yeah. about what's going on in the world. Yeah, that being said, I do think that Sadie did an amazing job of like seeking therapy and the help that she needed. And now she's able to turn that trauma into triumph and um, and she's really thriving now it seems like and it, it seems like she is going to be one of like the pioneers in cultivating this change in our armed forces so that's exciting yeah and she says that in the end like even though this was such a hard and dark time in her life she'd found some light she found her husband she has now her son because of it so there is some light to this, but we understand that it is dark and it's heavy and it's hard to hear. So we just want you to know this before going into it and making sure that you are prepared. Um, but other than that, we hope that you enjoy, take something away from this episode. Please reach out to us. Please reach out to Sadie too. She does such a great job of getting her message out and she's being really brave with all this so if you have something to share with her please do um she shares her instagram at the end and as always like subscribe review to the podcast um it helps us get guests on like sadie and we're really excited about it. so without further ado here is sadie strong hi hi where are you um in the world i'm currently in texas okay cool awesome. is that is that where you're from no, my fiance is from here. Um, uh. We just happen to be, we're here right now renovating a house. Um, we had it rented out for a little bit, but it just, it didn't work out. So we're just going to sell it. So we're just flipping it. Oh, wow. Awesome. Do you That's guys really do fun. that together? That's so fun. <laughs> You're like house flippers. Yeah. Yes. You're like, like a HGTV fam. Yeah. <laughs> One <love> day. <laughs> what part of Texas are you in? Um, like 40 minutes outside of Waco. We're in central Texas. It's called Gatesville. Okay. Very cool. So that's just it. so cute that you guys are like house flippers. How long have you guys been together? We've been together for about four years now. Wow. wow. Yeah. He's great. <laughs> and you, how did you guys meet? Um, we actually met at Invictus Games. It's Prince Harry's, um, 
he does uh, veterans sports basically. And he does one in London. He does one in every um, country over the last like five years. Um, we had mutual friends and we ended up meeting and it went from there. <laughs> I love it. Wow. So cute. Yeah. I love that. It's like a little happy ending. <laughs> it yeah. was. Yeah. I wasn't looking. So that's usually when they say it happens. So hundred percent all the time. <laughs> that's why I just stopped looking. I'm like, you know yeah. what? Fuck it. <laughs> I was wave your hands on, in the air. Yeah. I was literally on one of those things too. Where I was like, I'm done. Like I don't care yeah. anymore. And then what happened? he wasn't even my type. He showed up. He had a fanny pack on like who wears that. <laughs> so. Oh my God. So what was your type and how was he different? I don't know. I think I don't even know if I had a type, but like if I didn't have a type, he was it. <laughs> not what you ever thought. <laughs> not at all. And he had, you know, we were competing. So he had USA shaved in the side of his head. Like not, it's just not at all what I pictured, but he's changed. He has a man bun now and he wow. has a beard and, you know, he awesome. um, had his glow up. <laughs> that goes to show like you never know. You might find someone who's really not your type at all and fall in love. So there you have it. <laughs> um, what made you want to get into the military in the first place? Um, so actually I was in high school and it didn't really cross my mind. My family comes from like a background of military and I was the ch- captain of my cheer squad. I was super girly. Um, I was actually at college orientation picking out classes. And I just told my parents, I was like, hey, you know, I kind of have had an interest in the military. Um, I think it's an experience I've never had before. and I'm not going to do it when I'm older. So I'm just going to, I'm going to leap into that. And they've always been super supportive with anything I've done. So I just wanted to try something new and thought I'd be a part of bigger, like be a part of something bigger than myself. Wow. So I joined the Navy. Were you scared at all going into it? And I'm usually no fear like excited so what um so what is the process like signing up for that I'm sure you have to go through some type of like training boot camp the whole night so I actually talked to an air force recruiter first and they were never in their office so I just was like okay whatever I'm gonna try the navy you take like an ASVAB test they tell you what you qualify for um and then you get shipped to boot camp once you select your job basically um, so I went to Great Lakes, which is in Chicago, and I honestly don't remember how long that was. It was a while. It's about like two months or so. Um, so you go to boot camp, and then after boot camp, you go to A school. So for me, I was aviation, and that took me to Pensacola, Florida. So, and wow. that was a couple more months of training. Wow. And what's the training like? Um, boot camp's not fun. Um, <laughs> I remember they, uh, for girl, I don't know how it is anymore, but when I went, so boot camp was kind of difficult, um, just for the culture change. Um, so they cut all your hair off. You'd show up. I showed up with short hair just because my mom thought that that would be easier for me. Um, they keep you awake actually for the first two days to like, I guess, to mess with your senses. So they deprive you of sleep. Um, you're really tired. You don't really know what's going on. I couldn't tell you at all what happened probably the first three days that I was there. And then mostly it's just a whole lot of exercise and learning the new lifestyle of the military is basically what boot camp is. Wow. Very interesting. During the whole process, are they like weeding people out or they're trying to get everyone to the end? So actually the first couple of days, they sat us in a 
room. And I remember them saying, if this isn't, you know, if this isn't for you, you need to get out now. There's no consequence if you leave now. Um, but after that, not really. They kind of tried to push everybody through. Um, there was a few people I do remember getting in trouble at boot camp. So they like would get kicked back to a different division and then have to repeat some of boot camp. Mm. Wow. Um, aside from your story, which I'm excited for you to share, um, were there any double standards prior to what happened to you in boot camp and in the military in general? Um, so for me, I feel like double standards with like how the military sort of preaches like everyone's equal and, you know, even at boot camp, they're very, um, like, what's the right word to say? I don't know. I think they're all crazy. Um, but they will preach like, oh, you know, fraternization is when you have like people of different ranks, like hooking up or having, you know, relationships with one another. Um, but they're all doing it. So it's usually worse for the women. I, what I have seen, how it's very shame. Like that's who they're preaching it to, but they're not preaching it to the men on the other side. I felt was always like a double standard. For sure. I remember when I was dancing for the Nets, they, you know, in our contract, they said fraternization with the players is, you know, frowned upon, but then the players, they never mm-hmm. got anything like that, that said that at least for the Nets. So, um, yeah, it, there was a double standard and, you know, it's, it's interesting to see that whether it's sports or the military or whatever the case may be, that those things still exist. Um, were there rules in place for you guys as far as like not allowed to date or anything like that? Or was it kind of just like an unsaid rule? Um, they said not to. Okay. Like it was pretty clear they would say not to, especially if it was a rank difference. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so then, So then how long into your time there at the military did this happen because I know I saw your story and I saw how much support you were getting um and I just thought you should have this platform to tell your story thank you um it wasn't long um so with me I thought I was lucky because I wasn't being shipped right off to a boat like a big ship and I hear that that's really difficult for a lot of people So I got shipped to a, it was called VP 46 was my squadron. Um, And I was told, wow, you got a P3. Like, that's like the luckiest you can get in the Navy with a place that's like, you got it. So I was like, wow, like, that's so cool. And then shortly after getting there, um, so literally boot camp, A school, and then shipped off, didn't get leave in between, you don't get to go see your family. And then I show up and they're like, oh, hey, we're deploying in a month. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, where are we going? And they're like, oh, to the Middle East. And I was like, hmm. Mm. great so um <laughs> you know because everyone told me that they deployed to like Hawaii or Japan or places where it might be like intriguing to go but that's what I signed up for so it didn't matter to me I was excited um but I didn't know anyone so I was very new I didn't have any friends um was just trying to make friends with anyone who would talk to me which I mean it wasn't difficult it was just it's just awkward I guess um mm. So I was there for about a month and we all flew over and it was just a lot at one time. You're getting used to, you know, you're sleeping in like these Connex boxes that have two people to a room, which is, they said was an upgrade because before it was 
they were sleeping in tents. So we had AC. So that was nice. Um, it was just, it wasn't long. So you're working, they did, um, 12 on 12 off is what we would do every day. Um, so I met a few people and we, for about a month into the deployment, you're working, that's all you're doing. And then the commander will come out and say, Hey guys, you can have Liberty now. And Liberty is where like you can leave base. So we were in ESA, which is kind of in the middle of nowhere, Bahrain. Um, but there was a bus that would take us from that base to another base. And that base, they had like a city. So you could go out, you can have dinner, you can like enjoy where you're at. And, but the rules are, I'm new. Anyone who's like an E3 and below, they have to go out with people who are of higher rank because they don't, it's for trust reasons and safety and things like that. So I remember we all went together, a big group of us. I was hanging out with maintenance people more because that's just, that's where I was working. Um, A bunch of us went together. I remember going to go eat dinner and then shortly after that they were like okay well they split up I mean there was literally like 40 people with us so that made sense and so I went with the people who I worked with every day and I remember walking we went to it was like a bar and I knew kind of then that it just seemed off because there were places we were not supposed to go like it was like a list of like you know these are blacklisted um for whatever reason whether it was because like prostitution was a thing or um, in the past things have happened and they just didn't want it to happen again. Um, so we go there and everyone ordered drinks. I remember them getting like, it was like a green and purple drink. It looked crazy. And that's, I didn't think, I, which is crazy. Cause I literally grew up. My mom always saying like, don't take drinks from somebody. Don't do this. Don't do that. But at the time, like you're so trained into thinking that these people are your family and that you should have no worries as long as I'm with them, that I'm safe. Um, I don't remember over drinking. I had one drink. Um, I don't remember leaving. I don't remember getting back to the base that we catched a bus to get to our base. I remember waking up on the bus. I couldn't stand up to give them my ID. So like, I remember the guys like picking me up and like waving my ID around. And then I would hear like people complaining, like, oh my God, she's making us take forever. Um, and there were, there were plenty of people on that bus, like, if I would have ever seen that, I would have made sure that that person either got home or, you know, I might've been mad at the situation because not know, like as an outsider looking in, but like, I still would have like stepped in to make sure. Cause I know the culture. Um, but so we make it, I remember, that's all I remember. I remember getting, you know, showing my ID and then I sat back down and I guess I had gone, they had literally carried me, helped me walk to my Connex box and I don't remember I remember waking up the next morning and I was like groggy I was like oh my god like wow um and then I had gone on my phone and they had literally it was two guys and a woman they had taken pictures on my phone of them like doing things to my body like having sex with it while I was unconscious and I just remember one of them was like a good, like who I considered a good friend of mine. Like, I mean, in sh- such a short time, that's who I would talk to during the day. Like that's who we were friends with. Um, the girl was my bunk mate. I didn't really know her. Um, but apparently she had, she was an E3 and the other male in the situation was an E6. Um, that was actually her boss, but apparently they were sleeping together. So I guess they just wanted to have a party. And I remember speaking up to him, not him, but the, one of the, the guy who I was friends with and was like, what is this? Like, why, 
one, why would you take pictures of this? And two, why did you let this happen? Like, and he was just like, oh, that's not what it was. Like, you're being overreactive. Like, you know, like get basically like totally dismissive. And was like, you know, you drank with us. And I was like, holy shit. Like, I just couldn't get past, like, literally was like, okay, that's, you know, okay, that's my, that's my bad. I shouldn't have gotten that drunk. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have gone out. I shouldn't have, whatever. Like, it was literally put on me. And he was like, so adamant. He was like, you know, I called my grandma over this. You say, you know, you're saying that this could possibly be rape. And like, I would have never, you know, you can ask anyone. I would never do that. And I was just like, okay, like. I didn't know what to do about it. So I just was literally feeling horrible about myself and like super grossed out. And then, you know, said, okay, hey, whatever. And I guess, you know, he, of course, I assume went back to them and was like, oh, she's pissed about this. Like, what's the plan here? And the very, like a couple of days later, they had shipped me from Bahrain to Qatar. I guess we had another, the squadron had split up or the squadron had split. So they sent me to Qatar. Um, so then here I am like, oh shit. Okay. All right. All right. Maybe Sadie messed up. Like, all right, let's, you know, get back on track and go somewhere else. I have no idea where I'm going. I don't know anyone there. Um, and they didn't even put me with my squadron. They ended up putting me um, in the middle of nowhere in some supply tent um, with a girl who, I don't know where she was from. She just happened to work there. Um and I remember working, it was fine. Like it was honestly one of the easiest jobs I've ever had. We sat there, honestly, probably watched Hulu for most of the day. Um, and I remember she said, hey, they're sending somebody from your squadron to come work with us. And I was like, okay. And she told me his name and she goes, do you know him? I was like, no. And she's like, oh, okay, well they just said they're, they're sending him here, I guess, to work with you or whatever. So I was like, okay. So I just felt weird about it off the bat because it, just with everything that had happened and then me being shipped off so quickly. And he came and he did work, like he literally works in their shop. So whether he knew what happened or I didn't know. So a couple of days into it, he had came and then they said, Oh, Hey, you know, let's meet at, there was like a place there that they served food. Um, it was like a meetout. There wasn't really anything there, but they had like a little spot for people to hang out when you weren't working. Um, everyone was supposed to meet there and the girl that I work with didn't show up. So it was me and the dude from our other squadron. And at first, I was like, okay, whatever. Like, this is what we do at work. This is, you know, this is how I just did what I was supposed to do. And, you know, he's somebody I'm working with. So there wasn't really a threat to me. I'm just trying to do my job. He had put something in my drink. I remember sitting at the table and like, I felt like my, I don't really know how to explain it. But, like, I couldn't really move. I had my arm, like, it was, like, very heavy. And we really don't remember. And I'm not trying to, like, say anything out of line. But I remember we had gotten up. He was like, oh, like, I'll walk you home. Um, and I remember I was just, like, upset. And I couldn't speak to, like, get anything out. And it was, like, a long walk, too. Like, it wasn't, like, from here to the other side of the house. It was pretty far. And I remember like kind of walking and like he was helping me walk. So I was like, okay, cool. Like someone's helping me out. And we were living in like these really long trailers that had like multiple rooms in them. And I remember getting in there and like he like opened the, I remember like getting into the room and he came in there with me. So I was like, okay. And then 
Um, I really don't know. I remember he took my, like, he unclothed me and did that to me in the room. And then he left and I couldn't do anything. I literally couldn't do anything about it. And I remember, um, I don't even think I went to bed. I was just like, how, like twice, like, how is this some, like, why is this a norm? And I remember like, um, they ended up moving me to another, um, bedroom. I guess they've been having this problem. So they moved, they were like, okay, we're going to move all the females over here into this new building that we built where it was like dorm rooms. So it was actually a card to get in because they were having problems with people getting into other people's rooms because it wasn't secure. Um, and I remember I texted my mom, it might've been like 24 hours or longer, but I texted her and I told her what happened. And she was like, you need to say something like it's, that's not okay. So I remember waiting up like multiple hours and looking at my window. Cause I knew that there was a female chief, which is like a, she's like an E7, I can't, um, but a higher up woman. And I felt comfortable going to her. Um, so I waited for her to get home from, from her job. And I remember going down there and I told her what had happened. And she was like, okay, like, we'll open, we'll do like this investigation or whatever. Um, I guess they arrested. Um, and I didn't come out about all of it. I only came out about the most recent because at the time I still was like, no, the other one, like that, that was on me. Mm. Um, and I just remember, I think he had got, he got arrested at work and then he got like talked to by NCIS. I was talked to by NCIS, which was almost like worse to me than what had happened because they're so horrible like mm. they're like well do you enjoy having sex with other people is this something you know were you even a virgin like do you like literally I was and I didn't know how to answer these questions like that's personal why is that even relevant at all um and then they make you go through it and they make you go through it like eight times and they're like oh well your story changed and I'm like well fuck so I mean sorry <laughs> yeah no, my story changed okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah my story they're like well you did laundry that day and I'm like, okay, I did laundry that day. Like, shit. Like, what do you expect me? You Like, do you want a whole play-by-day? Because I can't do that on a normal day. I don't know mm-hmm. what I ate for breakfast half the time. So that was a whole thing. They ended up sending me home for deployment um, early um, by myself. Sat in my room, I think, for a good two days, and nobody came and got me. So I actually remember, like, sitting in my room. I wasn't going to go anywhere. Um, I think I literally ate beef jerky for two days in water because I wasn't going to leave. And then finally someone knocked on my door and was like, oh, hi, um, you're going to come work here now? So they sent me to a different squadron, which was the wing at the time. They were great. I didn't have any issues with them. Um, a lot of them knew what happened. Um, but once the squadron came back from deployment, which was like a couple months later, they, you know, everyone had talked. I was like a slut who, sorry, I was like a slut who, um, you know, basically lied. And now I'm ruining ruining this dude's career, ruining his life. Like, how could I do that? Um, it sucked. And I remember being like, I just didn't know what to do. And I, you know, just waited for it to be over. I had to go to counseling like three times a week, um, which was fine. Like I liked, I liked the lady at the time. And then there was a woman's group I had to go to. They literally had a woman's group of therapy for women who've gone through similar experiences, but still won't admit that that's a problem. So that's frustrating. Thinking back on that now, like you had that set up because you knew that there was women who were going to have to be going to this, but you're still not fixing the problem. Um, I remember at one point too, you, so me being so low rank, I had to live on base 
and I had to eat on base because that's where the food was free. I remember talking to the people around me at work. I was like, I really don't like going because I run into these people. Like, these are the people I run into because they're eating there. And this is, you know, we still like, yeah, I'm not working there anymore, but they're the next building over. So it was really hard. And I just was like, I'm just not going to eat. And that, you know, we weren't paid a lot in the military being so low ranking anyway. I spent all my money on food because I would just eat in my room. Like I would, I literally lived off of um, like the birds eyed broccoli and cheese in my room because that's what could go in the microwave because we weren't allowed to have like an oven. It was so, like it was so messed up. Um, so I remember going to the master chief about it and he was like, like oh yeah, there's this thing you can get. Um, Eric forgets it where it's an extra. It's only an extra $300 a month, but you can get this for food. And I was like, oh great. Like that would be so helpful. Like how do I do that? And he goes, oh yeah. You just um, fill out this shit or whatever, and we'll send it up to command. So he's the first person that gets it, and then he would send it up to the two people who run the command. He denied it. He told me about it and then denied it, and then gets sent back to me, and then everyone else in my chain of command gets to see that he denied it. Um, it was just kind of a slap in the face and let me know more of, like, how I can't trust anyone. Um, but it did end up going up higher and they approved it. It was just kind of shitty to me that like, you're also the maintenance chief kind of, you know? So it's just like, oh, like I see where you stand. Like, thanks. Um, so that sucked. Um, and then court happened and um, this is also sort of crappy. So a man, if he's accused of rape, he is allowed to have a paid attorney. So his family bought him an attorney. I'm forced to have to use the Navy's attorney who the Navy's attorney. Also, we weren't allowed to have anything. If she ever found out information on me, she had to give it to his attorney, but it wasn't that way. The other way around. Well, you're also working for the Navy. Um, so you're to me, it's the system's messed up. You shouldn't, there is no side. You're all working for the Navy. So the Navy's going to win. Um, and I remember one of the days my lawyer said, Oh, apparently they lost your rape kit when you were overseas. So they don't have any of that documentation anymore. We can have, we can have the, um, the doctor come in who also works for the Navy and say like what she saw or what can she can remember. Um, but I guess somehow it just got lost. How does that get lost? Like you have computers. We're not in, it yeah. wasn't like 1900. That's not like, come on. And then my lawyer found out that he had, I guess he had an ex fiance um, before deployment. And after the, he had gone deployed, and I guess via text message or phone call or whatever, she had broke things off with him. So she connected with her, and it's because he used to abuse her at home. She was scared of him, so she waited for him to go on deployment so that she could leave the situation. Well, since that was information she found out, she had to go tell his lawyer. His lawyer told him he called her and threatened her not to come and that she could be a part of the case. And so she said... I'll still come if I can bring, I guess she was in a new relationship with somebody else. Cause this is a year and a half, year, two years later. Um, and my lawyer was like, Oh yeah, like we'll make that happen. Um, and it didn't, she never showed, she never came. So I don't know. They just didn't let her come or whatever he said to her over the phone obviously made a huge difference, but yeah. it didn't matter. He failed two polygraph tests when they asked him what he did to me. He's like, no, I've never, I don't, you know, that didn't happen, which I get polygraphs can be, you know, inconclusive, but to ask the question four times and to always say that you were thinking of something else, like if, you know, that's such a big accusation on yourself. How could you be thinking of anything else mm -hmm. at that time? Um, but it turned out nothing happened to him. He was found not guilty. They shipped me to the Meadows in Arizona. Um, it's a rehab facility for honestly everything, but 
was honestly the best like two months of my life. It was seems forever. I had to be there for my 21st birthday. I had Thanksgiving there. Yeah, it sucked. So, Wait, rehab no. for what though? Oh, because um, like depression and I, did, I gained a lot of depression and anxiety. Yeah, I and mean, how could you not like, going through like, all of that? Yeah, I, how could you not? Mm-hmm. Um, it just sucked. Like, and I remember getting back from rehab or whatever, and I was talking to my counselor, and she was just like, "I said, I don't like, I don't even want to wear the uniform. Like, it's literally has become a trigger for me to have to fucking play dress up." with these people who don't care anyway. And so we ended up just putting in a med board, which is how you can get out for like medical reasons. So they ended up doing that. And they said like, oh, okay, well, you're medically unfit to serve now. And I'm like, I'm medically unfit to serve now because you did it. Yeah. Um, so that was a whole process also getting out. And then I just remember being like, okay, like went and moved in with my mom and dad who they've been so supportive for the whole everything like everything I do now to back then anything um so I lived with them and lived in the basement what ended up happening with the court case did he get off or did yeah, they charge he him was, nope he was found not guilty and literally I remember cause my family came for that and you know we sat on one side they sat on the other and they did like a closing argument and his lawyer basically was like this whole thing, I'll never forget, he's like, he, he's like, she's just a ruse, a rouge, and I've never even heard that word, so I just remember, like, not knowing what it was, but basically, like, that's just a whole lie, like, she made the whole thing up, it's a complete setup, like, she must just hate men, like, she's just mad that she slept with somebody else, because, you know, obviously, she slept with people in the past, so he was just another notch on her door, like, on her door handle, like, all this shit was said, and I was just like, cool, like, my mom and dad are here, like, thanks. Yeah. So... I can't even imagine. Well, first of all, you're so brave to go into the military in the first place. And then to have to deal with all of that. I like, you're so courageous for coming out and telling your story. And, you know, I really do hope that by you sharing this and also everything else that's going on, the other cases that are coming out in the world, I do hope that changes start to be made because the way you're telling it it's kind of like it's a boys club and they protect each other and it's a known thing and they do it but it's like swept under the rug and that needs to change so thank you for sharing that um what do you think needs to be done in order for there to be actual change um especially right now like especially with the Vanessa Gian's case um they it's like you know, any, any step, like something's a problem. Every step program is admitting that you actually have the problem. Um, and the military won't even do that. They will not actually come out and say, you know what? Yeah, we have, we have a sexual harassment, sexual abuse. Um, we have that problem. But the fact that like even sexual harassment, like that's a daily occurrence. Like the other one might not be daily, but for sure the harassment is. Sorry. What's the harassment like on a daily basis? um on a daily basis um small like even just a small stuff like oh look at her ass in that uniform like or oh um I remember one time I was uh you know trying to get my qualifications because if you get qualifications you get to wear wings which was something cool to have and this guy was like I was really trying to do them and it wasn't like super difficult it was just a long list of things that you had to check off and he was like oh I'll do all that if you like suck my dick oh my god yeah. And I was like, no, like, fuck, like, okay, cool. 
but it, like wasn't like the only time that ever happened so that was like an, also a normal occurrence or just like anything literally every day yeah and it's like so disheartening too because you guys you like she's jen said you're so brave and you did this to defend our country you signed up for this honor and like went through the boot camp and the whole process just to get trained and then being treated like that once you finally get to that place and like like you said everyone is made to seem like a family and everyone's it's camaraderie and it's a team but then there's all these women being treated like they're lesser than and it doesn't feel like that and I feel so bad that you had no one to really go to and even when you finally spoke up about it and had the bravery to do it you still weren't supported so I'm so sorry to hear that and I'm really proud of you for even speaking on it because I know how difficult that must be um whatever did you ever bring up the the case that happened before the guy that took you to your bunk by himself I did actually so I actually and this is where it gets confusing to me is it was like two days before I was given my orders that I could go home that I was no longer going to be in the navy I got to take my leave and I got to go home and I actually at the time made a post very similar to the one I had just made but I had put names in it Mm. and you know, it didn't get it, it didn't get the attention that it got now. Um, but you know, it got like a hundred likes on it and shared maybe five or six times, but it got big enough to where the base had seen it. And I got called in and, you know, and I knew he was one of the, com- like, not the commander, but a little one rank less than he's like, I get your situation. Like I do, I support, you know, he's like, this is a, this is a badass post, like cool for you. Um, but I've been asked, you know, if you could remove names or if you could just take it down completely. And I was like, no. And he's like, okay, well, well then now I'm kind of telling you, like, you need to like take, you need to take the names out. So I was like, oh my God. Or what? Like, so I'm like, why? And he's like, yeah, or what? And he's like, oh, well, he'll sue you for defamation of character. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. Well, he did wow. that. So by his choices, but yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just frustrating. Um, but after that, though, so I, with that post, I had said about the previous, like, multiple people had taken me to my room and what they did. Um, so they, you know, they pulled me back in. They're like, okay, well, this is, this is you admitting um, that you have another case then. I'm like, okay, then this is me admitting I have another case then. Like, cool. Congratulations. Um, and I'm like, okay, well, you need to go talk to NCIS then. I'm like, oh, my fucking God. Like, great. Okay. So I'm going, Are, is, then, is that just like a bunch of guys, pretty much, in CIS? I think there was a woman, and I think I did speak to a woman, um, but she it was not womanly. Like, it wasn't like, there was no, um, it was very stern still. Like, there was no softness about it. Sympathy, I, guess, I don't know. Yeah, It's like they weren't listening. Yeah. They weren't, they um, didn't want to understand. They didn't want to hear it type of thing is what it yeah. sounds like. and they weren't putting they weren't putting them they weren't putting themselves in your shoes either knowing like what you're taught like what the culture is if you say certain things like I could get in trouble because oh there was a guy in my room like that, technically mm-hmm. that's not allowed like all these things um but I remember being like yeah you know I have these pictures and um these are the people that were involved. I didn't even know two of their names. So that's even more like, okay, why would I make, if I don't even know you, why say something at all? Yeah. Um, and I remember being like, okay, well, yeah, I have them on um, that. Like, you know, Apple saves everything or whatever, mm-hmm. like through your iCloud. 
It's like, okay, like, you know, I'll give you all the information. And I was just so done dealing with it. And I was like, I, you know, I need to go home. Like my mental state was at an all time low. Um, and they said to me, they said, oh, well then do you not, do you like not want to go forward? I'm like, well, no, like I need you to go talk to them because I know for sure, I know for sure one of them would admit it because you took the pictures and you had a conversation with me. I'm like, I think you have a conscience enough to be like, yeah, like that happened. Um, so I gave the names and I'm like, okay, well, we'll talk to them. They said, but, oh, we can do, we can infer, we can further the, um, we can further the investigation, but you don't have to be involved. And I was like, oh, well, then that would be great. Like, you know, I told you my side. Um, they're like, okay, well, you just have to sign this piece of paper. And at the, like, thinking back now, I'm pretty sure that just closed it then. Mm. Um, because I never heard anything back from it. Wow. And then it was at the time, you know, I'm, you know, was 21, had already gone through those traumas and was just like, fuck it, I'm going to leave it as it is. You know, nobody's bothering me right now. And it is what it is. I wasn't going to report it in the first place, you know, but got angry. And that was my, I vented it onto my thing because I thought people should know. Like, you should probably, if you're a woman, probably shouldn't join because this is what's going to happen. Right. And I remember them, I think, I think that's what happened. They were like, okay, cool we're not going to waste our time with this. You know, she already went to one, you know, court case and he was found not guilty. So like, why we're good. It's so sad because even our president currently is saying like, well, what do you expect when you put men and women together, which is so disgusting. And it's kind of like they want this to keep happening so that women don't join so that it's kind of like, that's what they want. I don't know. I don't either. And it doesn't make sense because they also are like, they try so hard. Like when I went, when I was going to recruiters, like, Oh, and you're a female, like we need to meet our quota. Like we haven't had that many females Mm. this month. Like we really want you, but then you you really want us, but you're not protecting us at all. Right. It's like, they have to meet their quota. It's not, they actually want you. They just have to meet their Mm -hmm. ratio. What is the male to female ratio anyway? In the army? I honestly don't know. Um, it's not a lot. It's, it seems less. I, you know, I was at a squadron and there's, you know, a couple hundred people and I only knew of two other females that were enlisted. Right. So then that many people. So, so then what, what kind of changes need to be made for this to be a safer environment for women to, for them to be supported? I think, I think for sure what needs to stop happening is, you know, I've talked to a lot of other women. I've talked to women that I went to boot camp with to see if, you know, how their experiences was, if it was only me, how many other people has this affected. Mm-hmm. If you go to a ship, they, you know, they have welcome meetings like at ships when people go there, it's like multiple people at a time. Um, and they give the women a fresh, fresh meat conversation. They literally say, Oh, look, y'all are the fresh meat on board. Like, you know, don't be sleazy, don't do this. But like, that's not the conversation that needs to be had. The conversation needs to be had is to the, these are women, don't touch them. Like, if you want to go do whatever it is you want to go do with, when you go out, go for it. But like, this is not, that conversation needs to stop. And it happens to every, at every command, like your fresh meat, like. That's disgusting. That just sets the tone. Mm -hmm. That literally saying your fresh meat, literally gives the men permission to view you as fresh meat. Yeah. To sink their teeth into you, which is disgusting. Yeah. And you're right. I think that initial conversation geared more towards the men would be 
more powerful and more and like bet like just come on like from a human level more appropriate yeah that's why i appreciate yep. you and what they do they do in the military sorry no continue in the military what they do is um you know because they while you're in they say oh yeah sexual assault happens um here's a here's a 40 minute long powerpoint on what sexual assault is and how to not do that a powerpoint and that's all that's ever talked about it is they teach you that's all they do is death by powerpoint and nobody's listening half the people are falling asleep because they're in a huge theater type room and that's where they put it on it and it's it's so shitty because half the time they'll even give an example and like dudes in the the room will start laughing or like make a joke or they'll be like oh yeah you know like even with video games if they're talking about it oh man they raped me last night Mm. like that's not funny like that alone also like just shouldn't be said it's not something to joke about and it makes me sad it's It's all normalized in that aspect but it's not normalized to come out Mm. I'm disappointed in the fact that they kind of brushed you to the side because if they're having if they're having these conversations, it would be so more power so much more powerful to bring someone like you in to have this do exactly what you just said and tell your experience and what happened to you and how easy easily it can happen to other people. And I think that people would connect with that more because yeah. they get to see the face, they get to see the person that was victimized by it. Um, and you've like you've created this power from it, but it's still like a story that needs to be heard. And until you get like the actual person in front of you, you can't truly really understand it. And that makes me like sad that they didn't see the opportunity to like make that change with you. I um, I think that, you know, you could be one of the people by sharing your story to actually make change. Um, if you see that for yourself, I think that we need more people like you standing up, speaking their truth and uh, putting an end to all this like misogyny. Um, had something. Oh yeah. So for the cases that you're currently like, did you let them go or are they reopening the cases now to investigate? Nobody's contacted me. Like nobody officials ever even reached out, which I always find almost like there's to me, there's no way you didn't see it. Even to the people who are involved in my case, I'm just curious. Like there's, I really think that either you or someone, you know, has seen this, but nobody's reached out not a single person not anyone from the navy not anyone anyone that could actually make a difference has not reached out wow so i don't even know if it's possible i don't even know what had happened i think it might be possible you might want to look into it and get like a really badass female lawyer who cares Mm -hmm. yeah but it's just like that's also expensive and it's hard to you know open up those wounds again for sure Um, You've been sharing other people's stories, like other women that have gone through this similar experience. And there's one that you shared recently. Her name, I think, was Vanessa. Um, and she's, mm-hmm. you said that she's currently missing from Fort Hood. Can you tell us about that story a little bit and what's happening with that? Yeah, um, I'm obviously not an expert. I don't know all the details. Um, but I'm actually in Texas right now. And what got me most was she had been missing for a month and a half until I even heard about it. So mm-hmm. to me, that's what seems crazy is, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like there's a pandemic, you know, um, the Black Lives Matter movement. There's so much going on right now. Mm-hmm. But to not have in a headline somewhere that there's a female soldier missing after she um, had said rape allegations 
to her mom is missing now and is a month and a half off base. How is that not being talked about? So I started looking into it and was like sharing it because I thought that it needed attention because one, obviously it's close to my heart. And then two, because it never gets the attention it needs. I've made multiple posts, not even just now, eight years ago, but it doesn't get anything. Um, so recently, uh, a couple of weeks ago now, they, they found multiple bodies actually, because bodies go missing at Fort Hood. Apparently that's a normal that people people die there and they're, they're soldiers and they go missing off base or, you know, they say they're AWOL and they don't give their family any benefits and then they find their body and go, oh shit, like maybe we should have been more respectful towards that because obviously he didn't just skip out on work. Um, so they ended up finding her body. Um, they looked at a river, but they weren't, weren't giving her family any of this information and they weren't being cooperative. You know, there is a language barrier, but that shouldn't be an issue. Um, so right now what's put out is the man i guess you know they won't admit that there was the base commander actually came out and said there's no proof of any sexual anything that had happened but what happened was she was working at the armory and the man there decided to hit her on the head with a hammer um knocked her out beat her to death put her in a box and left her there until she's until it started to smell oh my god and what happened later was, yeah, what happened later when I guess had some girlfriend off a of base, called her about it, and they decided to cut her body up, put her in a, um, poured cement on her, and then threw her in the river. Holy shit. So disgusting. Yeah. I don't even, I can't even wrap my mind, my head around, like, how someone can actually do that. Um, which is really, I think, says a lot about the people that they are letting into the military because clearly nobody stable or in their right mind would do something like that. So it seems to me like the, there needs to be more like tests and evaluations yes. of the type of characters that they're letting yeah. defend our country. Because um, I feel like if they did that, less of this kind of crap would happen. Yeah. I mean, even with well, the yeah, guy I mean, that like hurt you he was abusing his wife beforehand so or his girlfriend and if that was something that was looked into then he probably wouldn't have been brought into the military in the first place right yeah but did you know that they actually even used to have it as an option where if you committed a crime you can either go to jail or hey you can go join the military instead wow so it's kind of like they don't care they just they don't they don't care as as possible to have like in the military in case we go to war or whatever, which is kind of sad. Yeah. Um, it used to be, you couldn't sue the military for anything. That was, it just wasn't a thing. I did not know that. Um, but recently I know something got signed. Oh yeah. You aren't allowed to do that. Even for people who have malpractice. Like if you got a surgery done, like my fiance, for example, he was paralyzed for a long time on his right arm. He wasn't allowed to sue or have malpractice because the military did it. And that's not something you can do. But I think that was just recently changed. So I don't know if that it can affect me in any way, but oh, well, that was changed. Damn. Lots of changes need to be made and hopefully they are coming soon. Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm just sitting that in for sitting in that for a second, but for yeah, sure. it's just like stories like this. You just don't necessarily hear all the time. And like, I think what, what's happening right now with the black lives matter movement is a very perfect example of that. Like all of those videos we necessarily wouldn't have seen unless this was like a thing that was being brought up right now, like brave people like you talking about their stories and, you know, bringing them back up and then 
So I think the same thing could happen for the military and getting some reform in there. If there's people like you who are strong enough to share their stories and come out and be willing to talk about them. hundred percent, hundred percent. Sadie, is there anything else you want to add or include? No, actually, yeah. So I don't know if this is, it matters to me, so I'm going to say it. So on my post that I had made, um, I've gotten an overwhelming amount of support and it's been amazing. And I've gotten over 5,000 messages. I can't respond to them all, but I at least try to like them or trying to read them all. Um, but what I find interesting um, is anytime it's a negative comment, um, it's actually me. It's always, a, it's always a male and they, it's fun. They're literally taking my image and they're like, that uniform wasn't even around then. Um, that iPhone looks like a new iPhone. So this is all fake. It's completely, this is all fabricated and she's doing it for clout and it's just frustrating. And they're like, yeah, that uniform came out in 2017. You're correct. That uniform came out in 2017 for the entire Navy. But in 2011, it was released for testing and four deployed troops that went overseas who weren't normally seen by everybody else were given the uniform to test it out. Mm. And it's a freaking iPhone 4 if you're so gosh damn concerned <laughs> with right. my image. Right. So, wow. It's just crazy. That is crazy. Are there any like organizations that's what that you're interested in? Yeah, they want to they just want to brush it under the rug and it's it's really unfortunate and really sad, but I'm glad that you're getting this some support and you are getting those positive messages because you definitely deserve that. Are there any like organizations or anything that you know about that people can donate to or look into to support um, cases like this? Yes, I know um, their company called Protect Our Defenders and they have always worked really well um, with people who exactly my situation where, you know, they're protecting our defenders where, you know, the military is not doing that. So they do their best to try to help with court cases now. And they're always very public. Um, they always give out um, numbers and what's really happening and how many people report and why we don't report. And we don't report because this is how we're treated. You know, there was like 25,000 cases in 2018 and only 2.4 or 2.6 of them even went to trial. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So they're a great organization. Um, and I definitely would support that. And as well as there's a GoFundMe for the Vanessa Guillen's family. Um, I think they deserve a ton. They have to have a lawyer trying to get a um, congressional investigation since they're, the army really didn't do one or help her family in any way. Um, I think her, I think her story needs to be shared. Um, she's more, she can't fight for herself. So somebody else needs to, um, and her GoFundMe to me is extremely low compared to a lot of other GoFundMe's that are out there right now. So it's just kind of frustrating to see like what the priority is. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, well, I, I think we just have to keep fighting for what is right. And, um, yeah, like I'm so grateful you came on today and shared your story. Cause I think the more you share it, the more ears that hear this, I think the more we can fight towards change for what's um, right. I want to ask one more question though, Sadie, before you go, how have you found your, your strength from this? Like, I can't imagine going through something like this. What have you leaned on and like, what has gotten you through um, such a dark time? Honestly, my family, um, my mom, 
my mom specifically, like she has been there for me through anything. Um, I almost feel bad too, because she, everything that I've taken on, she's taken on also. So like, it's extremely raw for her and emotional for her to even get, um, to talk about it. Um, but I think a support system and I know that I'm lucky and not everybody has that. Um, but honestly, counseling therapy was great. Um, it's horrible to go through. Um, but once you start going, um, it's just a lot of weight lifted off. Um, I don't think you ever fully heal from something like that. Um, but like I'm to a point now where I can definitely talk about it. I might get teary eyed for a little bit, but then I think my passion of being so upset that it's still happening outweighs anything that I've had for so I'm just really trying to, you know, get it out there and let it be known and be a normal that like, this is something we need to talk about and something that we need to fix. For sure. There's so many hidden gifts of trauma. Um, I, I mean, I've experienced some as well. And there definitely is, there are some gems that come out on the other side. I know it's hard to like think of in the moment, but um, no, but yeah, they're there. I definitely agree. And I'm trying to push that too because I would have never met my fiance. I would have never had my son. And my son is literally the best joy I've ever had. Um, but I, I wouldn't have never met him because I would have never been a wounded, so uh, wounded soldier and I never would have gotten in connection with those people. So it has changed my life and I've had a lot of positive. So I do try to tell people like, you know, don't let it end your life. Don't, you know, don't stop because, you know, God gives you what you can handle and you'll find a way. For sure. So true. Thank you for finding that light in being so strong and sharing your story with us. We really yeah. appreciate it. Um, yeah. Before you go. And thank you so much for caring. For sure. Of course. Um, can you share uh, your social media or anything that you have that people can reach out to you or connect with you? Yeah. Um, I'm very active on my Instagram. It's Sadie E. Strong. So my name with two E's in the middle. Um, I don't really tweet, but my tweet got a lot of um, attention. I'm not a big tw Twitterer, um, <laughs> but I do have one and it's the same thing. <laughs> you have the perfect And name. I have a TikTok yeah. that's worth laughing at. <laughs> I was I was thinking that, Sydney, isn't her name so great? It's perfect. Sadie strong. It's amazing. Thank you. I know. It represents you very I'm well. debating on getting rid of it or not. I say keep it. Keep it! Because I'm getting married and I don't know if I'm uh, going to you got to keep that. That's keep too it. good of a name. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> hubby. Yeah. Honestly, it, yeah. That's a yeah. great name. You have to keep yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much again. And <laughs> thank if you, you so need much anything for us, me. if we can support you in any way, please let us know. Yeah, for sure. Thank you guys so much. Of course. Thank you again. Bye, Bye love. Bye.